Well, hello again. This is clip two of Bible study. We're not actually into the Bible study yet. Get this little clip out of the way and we will be. Before starting the study of chapter one of the first epistle of John, let's go over a few things about this book. Epistles in the Bible are just, uh, well, not just, but they are letters. Some of these letters were written to churches and they are called church epistles, quite naturally. Some were written to individuals and they are called pastoral epistles. The I'm sorry, the categorization of the epistles in the Bible can be broken down further, such as the prison epistles, which uh, the Apostle Paul, for example, wrote from prison while he was under house arrest. There are many different ways to categorize epistles in the Bible, but let's not get into some sort of biblical infinity of categorization. I want to bring some points up because doing so might help to set in our minds an overall view of things as we study. Most New Testament letters or epistles tell us who the author is, usually right up front. Such is not the case with the first epistle of John. We are not told who the author is anywhere within the text of the epistle. The idea that John is the author was established by early church fathers. There are other opinions about who the author of the first epistle of John was, but we are not going to belabor that sort of thing here. Traditionally, John is considered to be the author of the first epistle of John. Also, let's remember there is more than one John in the Bible. So in this case, we are speaking of John the Beloved, a disciple of Jesus, and not John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. Some say there are four different men named John in the Bible, and some say five. I say that I really don't care because there are more important things for us to study. Another point to note about the first epistle of John is that it is not addressed to any particular church or individual. Most likely it was written as a circulating letter sent to Christians in the area of what is now the country of Turkey. This area was once referred to as Asia Minor. The church at Ephesus was one of these churches and probably received this letter as would have other churches within this broad area. The early Christian churches had problems with false prophets coming into the churches after they were established, attempting to undo the sound teachings of the true gospel. These false teachings took on different forms in an effort to destroy gospel truth. Often there was a goal to destroy the truth as to who Jesus Christ is. Some forms of error introduced into the early churches sought to do away with the true gospel teaching of the deity of Christ. This sort of thing still exists today. When false prophets came into newly established churches, they did so to spread their poison. One way they did this was by influencing the small children of the congregation. That doesn't mean they were trying to reach and influence little kids. They were trying to destroy the gospel by targeting new Christians, new converts who were not yet solidly established in the doctrines of Christianity. In the first epistle of John, chapter 2, verses 12 through 14, there is mention of these little children. These verses can seem a little confusing if read without putting some thought into them. So let's read these verses and give them some attention now. The first epistle of John, chapter 2, and verses 12 through 14. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. 
I write unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. In these verses, John splits the recipients of his message here into three groups, little children, fathers, and young men. Each time John addresses one of these three groups, he states the reasons why he is writing his letter to them, and does so twice for each group. We can benefit by looking closely at this. The first group he mentions is the little children. The first thing he says about them is that, number one, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. His name's sake. This is referring to Jesus, for Jesus' name's sake. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, God's grace is not imparted to us to glorify us or for our name's sake. Our sins are forgiven for the sake of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Scripture reads, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. It's not all about you and me. It is all about Jesus. The second thing John says to the little children is, I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. So here John is telling the little children, the new converts, that they have known the Father. What's the significance of that? Why would John say that to the new converts? In the book of John chapter 10 and verse 30 we read, I and my Father are one. Okay, that was a pretty simple verse. Six words describing what the whole Bible is about, what Christianity is about. So John was telling the little children that he understood they knew in whom they had placed their faith, even though they had not yet had time to grasp the deeper meanings of Christian doctrine. They had properly placed their faith in Jesus as their Savior. The next recipients John is speaking to in these verses is the fathers. While he makes two statements to the fathers, just as he made two statements to the little children and to the young men, there is a difference. The two statements that John makes to the fathers are worded exactly the same. Now remember that here and now we are reading in the first epistle of John, chapter 2 and verses 12 through 14. So as far as starting our study of the first epistle of John, verse, verse 1 of chapter 1, we just haven't started yet, but we're building up to that. The statement John makes twice to the fathers in verses 13 and in verse, I'm sorry, verse 13 and in verse 14 is... I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. The New International Version reads, I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. The meaning of the word fathers here is referring to those within the churches who are mature spiritually. The fathers are not little children spiritually. They are not new converts spiritually. I'm going to read a paragraph from a study book I have goes like this, I write unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. This then is the supreme work of spiritual parenthood, 
one who has grown spiritually to place to a place of maturity. He is no longer a little born one, no longer referred to as little children. He is no longer a young man. He is a seasoned, instructed, spiritual father. He knows the gospel intimately and is assured that what God's word teaches about Jesus, God, heaven, hell, and judgment is true, that which was from the beginning. Spiritual fathers know the gospel in their hearts as well as in their minds. They are mature servants of God with a deep love for souls and a deep concern for fellow Christians. There are many commentaries on the Bible and there are many commentaries on these three verses that we are looking at now. Some of the commentaries I agree with and some of the commentaries I don't agree with. That is the reason it is important for all of us to study the Bible so we can reach our own conclusions. Some commentaries promote that the term fathers and the term little children and the term young men simply refer to these three groups as to an age group classification only with no deeper meaning to be implied or taken. But the fact is that John uses the term little children, for example, when he is addressing new converts, that he has a great interest in as far as their spiritual growth is concerned especially. He was always very aware of the forces working against the true gospel, seeking to pull new converts away from the newly established churches. We can know that the fathers to whom John wrote had a deep, thorough understanding of the relationship between Jesus the man and God. In the book of St. John, chapter 1 and verse 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The book of St. John, chapter 8, verse 58, from the English Standard Version, we read, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And again, John, chapter 10, verse 30, King James Version, I and my Father are one. Now let's take a look at the young men. In verse 13, John says, I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. And in verse 14, John says, I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Of these young men, the Adam Clark commentary says, These were confirmed disciples of Christ, persons who were well grounded in the truth, had been thoroughly exercised in the Christian warfare, were no longer agitated by doubts and fears, but had arrived at the abiding testimony of the Spirit of God in their consciences. Hence, they are said to have overcome the wicked one. They were persons in the prime of life and in the zenith of their faith and love. I'm going to stop here for this segment. Thank you for listening. I hope we can study together some more. And I'll see you then.